Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's episode of Always Right with Jeff and Steven. I'm going to let Steven say hello while I finish sharing the stream on Facebook. <laughs> hey, everybody. Hope you're doing well. That's Jeff. I'm Steven. We're going to talk about some current events and some implications from current events today. It's been a good day. It's starting to heat up back uh, again down south here. We had our last cold snap over the weekend, and uh, now it's just beautiful weather. We're talking 80 degrees this week, so I'm really excited. Uh, I'm ready for the days to get longer. That's the big thing about me. I hate it whenever you know it gets dark at 4, 30, 5 o'clock. I, I love to have long days so I can get a lot of my tasks accomplished. So I'm really looking forward to that. And unlike normal, Jeff, this is the first time I've seen you today. How's your day been? Yeah, yeah. It's Sunday when we record and we usually uh, have worship in the morning, but I was visiting a nearby congregation to help them out. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm all right. We're, we're good. Everybody, I and I haven't seen much of you this week in general. No, no. no. That's what happens uh, when I work a lot. <laughs> I guess uh, I guess we got to do some catching up then. And since uh, we always like to catch up with current events, that, that you know, nothing's going to be different as far as the show's concerned. So Today we have uh, a couple big topics, and then just some some just juicy clips that I, I found from this week that uh, that we can comment on and talk about. Um, but uh, the first big story, and and you know, Stephen found this out when he was doing the research for it. And I didn't realize it had happened this long ago. Actually, comes from early February uh, when there was a train derailment and uh, a resulting crash uh in ohio east palestine ohio i did not know that we had a palestine inside the united states that's because um, in the united <clears throat> states we pronounce it palestine we don't pronounce it palestine we pronounce it palestine uh, still <laughs> still uh so east palestine is a uh from what i can gather a pretty red area ohio's a red state um, and, uh, they have been, uh, struggling with this train derailment because this train was loaded with a bunch of hazardous chemicals. Um, it was, uh, it was a Norfolk Southern train, uh, was transporting chemicals across the, uh, across the United States. And, uh, the, the crash resulted in a fire, which they have had to control and also a bunch of spillage um, of chemicals into the local creeks and rivers that uh, actually are tributaries and lead to the Mississippi River. Um, so a lot of dead fish, a lot of uh, mm -hmm. chemicals in the water, a lot of concerns mm -hmm. about the safety of infrastructure and um, drinking water in the area. So uh, I think the, the people of East Palestine had to evacuate and they were told that they were able to come back and within, uh, after eight days um, after the evacuation. Um, let's see, Stephen, you could talk about some of the specific chemicals that they had. Yeah, so um, there was about 38 cars on this train. Um, Several of them not only derailed, but like you said, crashed, which is there's difference between a derailment and a crash, which that's not something that a lot of people are talking about. But I mean, it's obvious when you understand the words, obviously. Right. Um, some of the tankers that were carrying toxic chemicals, they were carrying uh, vinyl chloride. And so whenever they started to fill, they they the authorities decided the best thing to do would be to evacuate the evacuated the town and then do a controlled burn of the chemicals. Um, and 
there's pictures all over the internet. You'll see it as our thumbnail of just this gigantic mushroom cloud of black toxic gases. Uh, whenever they're burned, they create uh, hydrogen chloride and phosgene, which is, if you know your history, chemicals that were used with mustard gas as well as uh, World War II chemical agents. Like this is this is the toxic gas that we were using in trench warfare warfare in World War One. Um, like Jeff said, animals. Uh, people talk about their chickens. You know, just randomly dying now. Uh, their their fish just thousands and thousands of dead fish and you know people try to claim well you know fish die whenever the water turns over yeah the water does turn over but we've gotten lots of rain the water hasn't turned over therefore why are these fish dying if it's not for the chemicals um they they've been complaining of, of headaches and sore throats as a matter of fact i saw some uh journalists who had who had visited east palestine and they finally looked at some residents and said look i can't i can't take it in here can we, can we go outside to try to get more fresh air so that so that i i can get over this headache and they go that's the kind of stuff we're dealing with and the worst part about all this is they're not getting any help these poor people are taxpaying american citizens and we're more worried about the pension plans of ukrainians than we are about helping our own and, and it's, right. it's That's, quite frustrating that that is the key takeaway here like that is the what brought this uh, to my radar um is because on monday um this was uh so monday was the 13th this is 10 days after the actual crash um Monday, the uh, National Secretary of Transportation, Pete Buttigieg, um, who is uh, the only qualification he has for said job is that he is a homosexual. Um, but, uh, you know, he's just he's you know, he's one of the best homosexuals. So uh, he was speaking at the what National uh, Association of Counties Conference and had not yet commented on this. Tra a very high profile train derailment that had happened in Ohio, but gave a speech at that conference about how we have too many white men working construction. Which tells you the man knows nothing about construction. Nothing. I know a great deal about construction. I can tell you that's not the problem in construction. Um, the, the problem in construction is overregulation, but there are plenty of black and Latino men who are construction workers. If you don't right. believe me, go by any Home Depot at eight o'clock in the morning. So um, I that that's where their priorities are. And as Stephen mentioned, we keep continuously write a bunch of checks to Ukraine. One of the best takes on this topic I have seen so far is uh, Michael Knowles of the Daily Wire put together a tweet that was nothing but two headlines uh, juxtaposed. The Biden administration has refused federal aid for this Ohio disaster. But back, you know, months and months ago, we were passing billion and trillion dollar packages to send money to Ukraine. Uh, to the, yeah, and, and the to president Stevens actually point, came out yeah. saying, yeah, that we're going to help the pension plan so that people have a little money in their pocket. I don't care if a Ukrainian has money in their pocket. They're not American. I don't care. Like, I care about American citizens. This is ridiculous. Yeah. So someone is, there are people that are trying to do, make a difference. Uh, one being J.D. Vance, who you see on the screen before you. J.D. Vance is a senator from Ohio. If you remember our commentary on the election this past uh, November, he is the one and only true mover and shaker that was able to get elected. Um, there were several others that we, we liked and we, wish could have had a fighting chance 
Um, but uh, he is the only one that was able to push through. Uh, he has uh, he visited East Palestine and, and had some some commentary and some things to say, uh, both in this video and on Tucker Carlson. Let's take a look. Hey guys, so I'm here at Leslie Run, and there's dead worms and dead fish all throughout this water. So, something I just discovered is that if you scrape the creek bed, it's like chemical is coming out of the ground. Can, can you show? Can you come here? And, and, and let me just show this to people. I don't know if you're going to see this in the camera, but watch this. Just see that chemical pop out of the creek. This is disgusting. And the fact that we have not cleaned up the, the, the train crash, the fact that these chemicals are still seeping in the ground is an insult to the people who live in East Palestine. Do not forget these people. We've got to keep applying pressure. That's how we're going to fix this problem. Thank you. So uh, no, I was I, I I didn't put a lot of pressure on Ted Cruz whenever about was it this time last year when they had that big cold snap or I don't know they had that big cold snap in Texas and his daughter asked if they could go to Cancun so he did I you know, was like hey what's he gonna do he's a senator and then I saw J D Vance do stuff like this and I was like oh that that's what he could have done you know good job J D Vance like good, yeah good job and and, and I mean whatever you want to get your family out to Cancun um uh, during a, a winter storm i'm not going to complain about that going with them okay we're having a little bit more of an issue um but yeah this is this Coming is what back you're whenever servants. people complain about it <laughs> yeah this is what public servants should be doing um yeah, and I, cool. I still don't have a problem with what ted cruz did this is particularly heinous because uh fema has uh, the biden administration fema has denied aid uh, to Ohio saying that this situation does not qualify for FEMA aid. Um, this was for the, the argument I've heard is that uh, FEMA is for natural disasters. Uh, well, and this is that is true, but <clears throat> that is true. But when has that stopped the Biden administration from going over what any alphabet agency was originally to do? I mean, OSHA, what is the Occupational Safety and Hazard Administration or something like that, uh, Safety and Health Administration, whenever Biden wanted to force a vax mandate, he forced it through OSHA. So when has the Biden ever, administration ever been concerned about that, ever been exactly, concerned about overstepping their bounds? This is exactly correct. Um, that should not stop. Um, and, and honestly, we can make an argument. Okay, say FEMA is not supposed to do it. Whatever the, the federal Department of Transportation should have something to uh, in, uh, some sort right. of involvement here. They, these are not. Who the judge? What are you doing? Like, I mean, maybe maybe these are state maintained railroads, but that train isn't but it's just going commerce. through Ohio. It's interstate yeah, commerce. It, it, yeah, it was going from Pennsylvania I, to like Indiana. Right. So this is a uh, this is a federal issue. Period. And you're offering nothing. You you butt in at the most innocuous times for the most inane stuff. Joe Biden is out here trying to pass legislation so that you don't get charged additional fees on hotels and airline tickets. But you're going to you're you're going to neglect this. This so like, silly. So while silly. we're sitting Stupid. while we're Just pumping money into Ukraine. While you're getting involved in every nook and cranny elsewhere, what? So it, it's really oh, but hard Jeff, we, to... we passed a, a trillion dollar infrastructure package last year. Yeah. So JD Vance. Well, why can't we use that? Of, yeah. JD Vance, as I said, went on to Tucker Carlson. 
um, and, and had some things to say about that. I don't have that clip, but I do have a quote. It says that we've had hundreds of train derailments after we spent over a trillion dollars on infrastructure in this country. And it has something to say about these people's priorities and where they're spending in their uh, spending their money. And, you know, it's very important for the Biden administration to spend money on uh, diversity quotas in construction um, and to send pallets of cash to Ukraine. That this is what they're focused on, and um, this is not like hundreds of trains derailments, is what he said. I haven't done the research on that, but if that is half true, that is insane. Yeah, and yeah. we are no, entering there, a over a thousand every year in the United States. We are entering a a, a period where this kind of thing it's it's guys. You need to get to a point where you stop traveling on airplanes. Because everything, everything is deteriorating and the people who know how to put these things together are retiring and dying and they are not passing on that knowledge to competent well, people I, who okay. will be able to do, the, uh, do it in the future. To talk about your train point, I read something how, you know, we have an untold number of, of pilots retiring, especially ever since the COVID backs. Like whenever they sure. started mandating COVID backs, especially for Southwest, people are complaining about Southwest uh, not, not flying on time. Well, the reason Southwest isn't flying on time is because the federal government required them as a government contractor to require the vaccine. And most at the time, most of their pilots were vets and they said, no, we're not doing this. And so they, they, they retired. So that's, that's long history. But now everybody's going, well, now that all these people are retiring, let's let's focus on diversifying the cockpit. Let's let's make sure we have more women and more women of color and more gays and all that. Look, there, there's OK. I, diversity hires. I'm I'm against them by and large. But when it comes to the person who has to land a plane with 300 souls on it, I don't want them to be a diversity hire. I want it to be the most qualified individual to get me and my family on the ground safely. That's just common sense. I be careful in the future because things are not getting better. And they're not going to with the level of competence that we have entering the workforce now. Lack um, of competence. Um, and well, and that, you know, talking about diversity hires and talking about the reason Pete Booty Gig, um, I, I, the reason Pete Booty Gig is even in the position he is in is because he is a diversity hire and yeah. he has been atrocious. He, he hasn't fixed the infrastructure of our country. He has not helped it. We got, we got, constant uh planes being shut down we have uh how how many uh ships were stuck at sea during inflation that couldn't offload at the ports because of the government regulation concerning vax mandates and things that he supported and now you have trains coming off the rails literally and spewing toxic chemicals down the third largest river tributaries in the world but it's okay because he's a gay man and, and I'm not going to lay this all at him. I, I, I'm not. I'm going to lay the lack of response at his face. That's what I was about to say. Yeah, yeah. But, all this isn't his problem, but he's saying nothing to fix it, and he's offering no solutions whatsoever except right. for we don't have enough diversity in the workforce. And look, I don't have a problem with the fact that the man's gay. Like, yes, I think homosexuality is a sin, but that should not disqualify from somebody being uh, the transportation director. However, not being good at your job disqualifies you from that. So I my problem here... Uh, more so than just with his lack of response, 
is that how did we get to this point? Because we spend trillions of dollars and the way they get that money passed is because, oh, well, we need this for infrastructure. That's literally the only thing you argue when you say, oh, well, okay, so yes, we're going to give half a million dollars to Planned Parenthood so that they can chop up babies, but we have to put that in the bill so that we can get all of these billions and trillions of dollars for infrastructure. What good are you if that's not even getting done? And that's why we were so mad at the Republicans for passing this infrastructure bill, because unfortunately, we knew what was in it. We knew that a small percentage of it was actually infrastructure. That's just what they titled it. We knew that the vast majority of it was Green Deal boondoggles. It was yeah. climate change nonsense that's not going to help the climate, nor the change. It's going to do nothing for that. It's just going to give money to people in high places to say that they're doing something about it. That's why we were so against it. And that's why I'm still ticked off at Mitch McConnell for pushing it through. Like, as far as you, as far as Mitch McConnell to me, he's dead. He's dead to me. Like, I, I don't, I, I won't even go. Um, but uh, this is, they're, they're blaming this on all kinds of things. They're saying, well, this, this company used, uh, what, what's the real company? We have it in our notes. So, uh, Norfolk Southern. They're, um, you know, they they were using it for stock buybacks and, and all of this, and they were trying to blame the company. This wasn't the company's fault. This was, again, I'm going to lay it at the feet of the, the federal administration. This was Pete Booty Gigs and the federal administration's fault because we almost had a train shutdown last year. And because of their awful response to that, people st just quit the workforce. They quit working on the trains. They can't get any help. Inflation is through the roof. So, no, it's not those problems. It's the administration's fault. That's why this place isn't staffed. That's why they're not able to fix the railroads in time. It's because of poor policy from the federal government. And now Americans are paying. Not And, and there's no telling what's going to, why does this affect us? We live on the Mississippi River. Yeah, there's you no know, telling how this is A couple of years ago, Jim Bean, Jim Bean had a, a spill where like, you know, they age their whiskey and barrels for so long or whatever. And something happened. I don't, I don't care anything about whiskey. I don't care anything about alcohol, but something happened and it spilled into the Kentucky river and they had to pay millions of dollars because of all these dead fish and whatsoever. And yet you haven't heard a peep in this situation. Yeah. And if you weren't Nothing. able to see, like if you're listening on the podcast, we're not able to see that video from JD Vance. I mean, it's the look that you see when you have oil in your water. Like it's it's the look when you have, um, it's that kind of rainbowish look and greasy. It's called streaking. And, yeah, yeah. Streaking and in it's in water. It, you know, that's a creek. I should be able to dip my hand into it and take a sip. Not there. Um, and there's just no no telling what the ramifications for this is going to be. And you know the 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 very green affiliated Biden administration could care less. Couldn't care less. Mm -hmm. So while we're talking about uh, useless administers and uh, mentioned Mitch McConnell, useless Republicans, let's talk about Nikki Haley. Um, <laughs> I see your transition. <laughs> and let me, let, all right, let me just get this out of the way. I, Nikki Haley has announced her run for president. We're going to play the video in a second. But I like Nikki Haley. I liked her as our ambassador to the UN because she did what an ambassador to the UN is supposed to do. You're supposed to sit down and you're supposed to say no to everybody because they're a bunch <laughs> of idiots 
They're yep. a bunch of idiots and they don't do anything that's actually meaningful in any way um, to the administration of the earth. Um, so she's very the fact good. The matter is the UN shouldn't exist. And so yes. whenever something exists that shouldn't exist, you just need someone there who sits there and says no. Right. She did a very good job of that. Um, I did. think she did a less good job as governor of was it South Carolina. Yes. South Carolina. Uh, and uh, we will go through some reasons why she is what I have now more recently termed a, a uh, unity and healing candidate um, for Rep the Republican uh, nomination. And I don't want someone who is looking to unify and heal the nation. I want someone who is running so that they can crack some skulls. So let's uh, play. I'm gonna disagree, but I'm not gonna disagree. All right. Well, then, and then we're gonna then we're gonna go through some reasons. Let me disagree before with the video. Okay. I disagree that she is a unity and healing, a unity and healing candidate. I think I think she is gonna punch people in the teeth. But we can talk about that. Go ahead. Sure. The railroad tracks divided the town by race. I was the proud daughter of Indian immigrants, not black not white. I was different. But my mom would always say your job is not to focus on the differences, but the similarities. And my parents reminded me and my siblings every day how blessed we were to live in America. Some look at our past as evidence that America's founding principles are bad. They say the promise of freedom is just made up. Some think our ideas are not just wrong, but racist and evil. Nothing could be further from the truth. I have seen evil. In China, they commit genocide. In Iran, they murder their own people for challenging the government. And when a woman tells you about watching soldiers throw her baby into a fire, it puts things in perspective. Even on our worst day, we are blessed to live in America. I was born and raised in South Carolina, so I have seen the very best of our country. People here threw out the old, tired political establishment and demanded accountability for their tax dollars. Industry reports called us the beast of the Southeast, which I love. People came by the thousands for fresh starts. Moms and dads held their heads up high. Children learned that it was always it's a great day in South Carolina. It's a great day. It's a great day. A great day. A great day in South Carolina. We were strong. We were proud. And when evil did come, police in South Carolina are looking for a gunman following a shooting at a church. Several victims. We don't know the uh, severity. We turned away from fear toward God and the values that still make our country the freest and greatest in the world. We must turn in that direction again. Republicans have lost the popular vote in seven out of the last eight presidential elections. That has to change. Joe Biden's record is abysmal, but that shouldn't come as a surprise. The Washington establishment has failed us over and over and over again. It's time for a new generation of leadership to rediscover fiscal responsibility, secure our border, 
and strengthen our country, our pride, and our purpose. Some people look at America and see vulnerability. The socialist left sees an opportunity to rewrite history. China and Russia are on the march. They all think we can be bullied, kicked around. You should know this about me. I don't put up with bullies. And when you kick back, it hurts them more if you're wearing heels. I'm Nikki Haley, and I'm running for president. Not a terrible ad. Not the best ad, it, but not a terrible oh ad. Oh my gosh. Is that inspiring to you? Okay. So the only difference between that and a John McCain ad from 2008 is that she emphasized the fact that she's Indian and she's a woman. You think that's the only difference? You know, she talked yes. about kicking that is That is a, you, that is one of her, the most. You, you see her setting herself up to fight all the nonsense that's going on right now. Um, and, and, you know, a lot of people have made hay out of this popular vote comment that seven of the late eight uh, last Republican presidents were, were elected uh, by the way our the way it's set up and not by the popular vote. Uh, I don't think she's setting herself up. I, I think I think what that comment means and what I read from the tone of it is that right now we have been playing offensively. We have been fighting against the left, you know, um, don't, I don't care who you vote for, just don't vote for that guy. And, and it seems like she's trying to give the Republican base someone to vote for, not someone to vote against. Um, that's what I read from that. Maybe I'm a cockeyed optimist. I don't know. Um, certainly she's got her flaws. I mean, she's not a perfect candidate. She's not even my favorite pick, but I don't think she is the worst candidate in the world. Her up to be. I don't think she's the worst candidate in the world. Um, I don't think she is uh, the worst candidate in the race currently. And there's only one other person in the race. <laughs> um, yeah. But I don't think she is. She's not. She she is no different than she 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 is not what we need. She she is she is running a campaign from 2008. She uh, she is buying into way too much of the uh, liberal way of arguing things. You are not going to win if your message is Democrats are the real racists. Democrats are the real sexists. That's not that's not a winning message. And she's okay. she's she her her shirts are uh, they say sometimes it takes a woman. Yeah, you're not like, a Democrat. I don't, I don't like you're that. not a Democrat. Yeah, I don't, don't play that in any politics. OK, you're you're and the don't children, play don't, the child of immigrant. Um, and the, and the don't, only reason I would bring up the fact that I was a child of immigrants, the reason I was an Indian and, and not anything else is to prove that the American dream is still a thing. And, you know, not not to say anything other than that, that the American dream still exists. I'm proof of it. And that's fine. I think it's I, I think it's more playable in a country that is uh, well put together, and we're not. I think mm. uh, that uh, your your modern right that you actually need on your side and, and is going to do a lot of the moving and shaking um, is much more nationalist, much more America first, and much less susceptible to the um, immigrants are going to come in and fix it argument. Okay. 
All right, um, let's do this. What would make you vote for Nikki Haley? Let's play this game. What would make if she you gets vote the nomination? What would make you vote for Nikki Haley in the primaries? If she and Trump are the only ones. <laughs> okay. I mean, what it's her history. I like it. She Haley. can't. She has to. She has to reverse everything she has been. Not reverse. She has to course correct everything she's been up to this point. She does not what know has how she to done fight. up to this point that is not worth it. Let's go through some of it. Um, so yeah. I found a wonderful tweet thread. I, I retweeted it um, on my Twitter. Uh, 12 reasons not to vote for Nikki Haley. These are instances in which she she is playing the game that the left wants you to play. And I think that's the, the big yeah. that's the killing factor in her. Like that whole popular uh, vote argument. You're playing the left's game and you yeah. can't win. You cannot win that game. So, um, number one, Nikki Haley fell for the Bubba Wallace hate hoax. She did. Uh, we should all stand with Bubba Wallace today against the cowards who secretly put the noose in his garage stall. Yeah, keep going. Read number fast. Two, I like it. Nikki Haley opposes combating big tech censorship. Uh, on June 25th, 2020, Nikki Haley, censorship by tech companies, especially censorship of conservative opinions, violates the spirit of the law and the First Amendment. But more regulation would go too far in the other direction, putting bureaucrats and lawyers in control of what gets said online. We're past this. You can't talk like, like yeah. you have to rein in the big tech. Um, okay. Nikki Haley, number three, uh, mass immigration, quote unquote, makes us great. That sounds like something she'd say. It's also wrong. Selective immigration can make us better, but mass immigration does not make us great. Number four, Nikki Haley removed the Confederate flag from South Carolina State Capitol after the 2015 Charleston Church shooting. Now, this is the big one, and it's the one people are going to remember the most, and it's the one that I first thought of, and maybe you can make an argument. I don't like the Confederate flag. You never bend to the mob, ever. All right. I'll, I'll talk. I'll give you my opinion on that here soon. Keep going. Her decision. Uh, this is a continuation. Her decision can easily be seen as the first monument removal that sparked the entire movement. This has led to many more statutes and monuments of Confederate generals, Teddy Roosevelt, Thomas Jefferson, and even George Washington being removed. Number five, Nikki Haley is ripped apart by Tucker Carlson for tweeting that the death of George Floyd, quote unquote, needs to be personal and painful for everyone in order to heal. Um, Nikki Haley, number six, fondly credits Hillary Clinton with her decision to run for office. Uh, there is a source there on the tweet. Nikki Haley, number seven, le lets media off the hook after the Smollett hoax. The media, uh, quote, uh, quote, the media should be the most outraged. Number eight, Nikki Haley told young conservatives to not, quote unquote, own the libs online. Number nine, Nikki Haley said in April 2021, she would not run for president in 2024 and would support okay. Trump. I don't care as much about that. Everybody in 2021 was saying they wouldn't run. That's fine. Um, number 10, Nikki Haley wants to risk outright war with North Korea. This is a big league politics. Um um, article. Apparently she had something to say during her time at the UN on North Korea. Enough is enough. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised to learn that she's a, a pretty, pretty war hawkish 
Um, number 11, Nikki Haley has a record of pushing for war with Iran. That also seems possible. Um, and finally, number 12, what I already mentioned, Nikki Haley launches her campaign, her merch, uh, uh, her campaign merch that says, quote unquote, sometimes it takes a woman. All right. So I'm going to break down some of those. Uh, yeah. Uh, it takes a woman is nonsense. It takes competence. That, that's, that's just what it is. <clears throat> I will say some of those seem scantily sourced, you know, um, she, she credits Hillary Clinton. Well, that very well just may somebody have been asking, um, were you inspired by Hillary Clinton running for president? And her saying, yeah, she was the first major. Some of them are not as big. Some of them are not as concerning as the others. Yes, I agree with that. Um, And now I'm going to step on a lot of people's toes. The Confederate flag should have been removed from South Carolina. I I don't care if it's the mob that asked for it. It it, it should have been removed from, from Capitol grounds. All right. So let's, let's give a little history here. Um, South Carolina was the first state to, to secede from the Union. Do you remember what the second state to secede from the Union was? Was it us? Mississippi. Yeah, it, it was us. Um, so you just had someone go in and, and shoot, kill people on a Wednesday night prayer meeting, nine parishioners of a church, and his social media was filled with guns in front of a Confederate flag. One the Confederate flag should not be flying on any anywhere but a museum. And this is coming from somebody who, let's just say I understand Civil War history. Sure. Um, I, I appreciate my heritage. I even wore the shirts growing up that said heritage over hate. Like, I, 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 I understand every single argument that anyone's going to have. Jeff and I are both from Vicksburg, arguably the first or the second most famous battle in, in the civil war history. Like we, we know, we know our history. We, we know right. the Confederacy. We know everything. Um, I'm also an American. I'm an American first above all else. And the Confederate States of America, whether you agree they had the right to succeed or not, they did succeed. They were their own country. It was not the United States. Therefore a sovereign flag should never fly over a capital in, in the United States. Period. The, the problem that people have, clearly, is that it was taken down at the behest of the mob, right? Maybe it, maybe it wasn't, you know? Maybe it wasn't the mob. Um, maybe it was going, you know what? You had this guy just kill nine parishioners of a church on a Wednesday night prayer meeting. He had Confederate flags all over the place. Maybe this is the first start in healing a state that is about to be ripped apart with racist ideology. That's how I read that situation. Um, the rest of the stuff, like the Bubba Wallace thing, I never said a word because it seemed completely unbelievable from the beginning. And we don't need someone that's gullible in, in the office of the presidency. And if she's that gullible to believe the Jesse Smollett stuff and to b- believe the Bubba Wallace stuff, yeah, she has no business being president. Like anybody, should, whenever those stories came out, they should have went, oh, right. No, let me wait and see. And it seems like she is so apt to be anti-racist, right? You know, we're, we're not racist. I'm South Carolina. You know, I'm from deep South. We're not racist at all that she jumps on any of these bandwagons to prove. That's just what I said. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's just like what I said. The next candidate for Republic, for the Republican presidential nomination should not play this game. Yeah. Stop caring. I, I if completely you get, agree. Stop yeah. caring if you get called a racist. Stop caring if you get called a homophobe, a transphobe. You have to disassociate yourself from those, like just immunize yourself 
from those labels because they are going to come and they are going to be vicious. And yeah, I mean, look, we, look at what happened to Donald Trump. Donald Trump uh, won awards from the NAACP. Like uh, the man was celebrated by by African Americans across the country. He was in how many rap videos? How many rap songs were made about Donald Trump the minute he declared to be the Republican candidate? Oh, he's a racist. Yeah, what, he what said. People, you know what? You want to punch me in the face? I'm gonna punch. I'm gonna knock your head off. I'm gonna take your head off. If right. that's the way we're gonna play this game, I'm gonna take your head off. And that, what, that's what it takes nowadays. What What people don't understand about this game is that the left owns those definitions. Yeah. You can you can't never, play the game. You can never color the left as racist because they own the definition of racist. They get to decide what racist means. It's not yeah. fair, but but society never is. You just simply stop playing the game and they have tricked every wishy-washy establishment Republican to come out of the noughts and the teens to play this game and it I just it's so frustrating how often they lose because of this. You are never going to convince them that you're not racist, not homophobic. They may not even believe it anyway, but arguing the point is a waste of time. And the, the, her response to these things, we can, we can set aside the Confederate flag. I understand your point. I agree with your point. I don't think that in the wake of tragedy is the time to make that kind of decision. But I, I don't yes, disagree with the point itself. Um, I I don't I mean I don't agree in doing anything the left is demanding you do at that time anyway. Period. <laughs> yeah, don't I do it. I, I knew Whether that was your right point. at yeah. another time or not. Um, yeah. But her response to things like the Bubba Wallace hoax, like the George Floyd death, like the uh, the jesse smollett case where she she said and obviously she doesn't have any sympathy for jesse smollett but she has sympathy for the media for getting hoodwinked no the media manufactured that story like she she wants she plays the politics i don't know what her real beliefs are but there is no difference between her on these points and any wishy-washy establishment republican in congress right now and I, I, and I think that's a fair point. I do. I, I so um, I, I agree. Uh, and and like I said, she's not a perfect candidate. I don't think she's a bad candidate. And um, you know, like you said, you you can't play the left's games. What you have to do is you have to look at the left and you have to say, your words mean nothing mean to me. Absolutely nothing. Because you don't even know what they mean. You you change them day by day. Your words mean nothing. And and how did Trump accomplish that? He got eh, you fake news. Yeah, fake. All right, fake news. Right. You know, and that—that's how he accomplished that. That's what he was doing. Um, I and, want them to so go even further than that. I want—I want the candidate that says, "Not only do your words mean nothing to me, your outrage and your tears give me joy. I yeah, love right. it." That's right. Yeah. Like, so I, I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play the same questions I asked you. Um, what would keep me from voting for Nikki Haley? What would keep okay. me from voting for Nikki Haley is if she played the game. Like, don't play the game. Do do what I don't, I don't want to say that, but don't play into the left's fantasies, to the left's hoax. Don't don't play the game. Um, what would and she's already started her? 
what would make me vote for her is if we saw you in Nikki Haley. If we saw someone get on the debate stage and go, I don't care what this person. Uh, for example, let's take the the moving the embassy to Jerusalem. All right. Let, let's use that as a, a great example. So uh, if you all remember correctly, under Trump's presidency, they moved the United States embassy that was in Israel from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, which should have been yep. done long ago. And every president for like the past 30 years had agreed to do this and no one ever did it. And Trump said, hey, watch, I'm moving my embassy. And they took a vote on the UN to condemn these actions. And she got up in front of everybody and she said, how dare you come to the United States, sit on the UN in New York City, and then tell us we can't move our embassy. We don't care what you think. You don't have a right to say where our embassies can and cannot be. We don't care what you say. If that Nikki Ailey shows up and that's how she treats the left, that's one I'll vote for. And and I, I agree that she was a great UN representative, as useless as a, as a position as it is. But um, and that's not there's an argument that uh, one of my commentators makes that everybody, everybody to their core at the end of the day is a one issue voter. If Nikki Haley came out okay. as a pro-abort tomorrow, there's no way I'm voting for her. She can yeah, lower my right taxes. Right. She can do whatever. Like everybody is a one-issue voter because there is one issue that everybody will will make or break a decision on. Um, yeah. And and Nikki Haley's bullying of despots and the UN is not my one issue. It's not even close to my one issue. Mm-hmm. Great, you did a good job. Um, standing up to the bullies in the UN. And we need, like, we don't have people who do that very often. I get, I get the benefit of that, but it's not, it's not top five as far as priority. Yeah, but that, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying if she takes that ire and that treatment of the despots in, in the UN and applies it to the despots in the media and the despots on the left, that'll make me vote for it. And I just, I don't, if she treats them, if she treats them the way they deserve to be treated, like she did everybody in the UN. Yeah. I think think she's going to do what every other Republican that in 2016 did and just treat them as disagreeable colleagues. Like, man, I hope not. We'll see. And and that's why you you and I talked about this this week. And, and and to me, the litmus test is going to be the the debates. And, and you know, those topics are going to come up in the debates, even in the primary debates. Those topics are going to come up, and and how she handles those topics, and how she treats the media, and them handling of her will be how what will make me determine whether I think she'll be a good right. person or not. I really I think agree. it will show up in the debates. Yep, well, I, I hope so. I, I want knockout, dragout fights. But, yeah. All right. Uh, well, yeah. that is. Right, let's move forward. Uh, yeah, that is Nikki Haley's, uh, I feel, poor start to her campaign. Uh, she also came out uh, this past week talking about how we need to give more benefit to Ukraine, mentioned nothing about Ohio. That's another uh, clip that was making the rounds that people didn't like from her. Um, yeah, so, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there were some even juicier clips that I found this past week. That, <laughs> um, I, I really just, it's... You know what? Let's just watch one, and we're we're gonna re- react and comment. So uh, this first one is from Matt Walsh, uh, who is a contributor over at Daily Wire. He has a Daily Show, uh, and this one was making the rounds on Twitter. Let's see if we can find out why. Dylan, if that is the most attractive you will ever look, then I don't <clears> even <throat> want to imagine what you'll look like when you're at your ugliest. You do not pass as, a, as an attractive woman or as a woman at all. 
Uh, even with 50 pounds of makeup and plastic surgery and clever lighting tricks, even then you still cannot escape what you really are and what you will always be. You have successfully shed whatever parts of you were masculine, perhaps, at least on the surface. Nobody would ever describe you as masculine or manly, so you've got that going. But your femininity quotient has not increased at a rate commensurate with the loss of your masculinity. Um, you may not be masculine, but you also aren't feminine. Instead, you are you are weird and artificial. You are manufactured and lifeless. You are unearthly and eerie. You are like some kind of human deep fake. That's what you are. You are a man deprived of all the best qualities of men, but without any of the best qualities of women. Even your personality is contrived. Everything about you is fake. Nothing about you rings true. Nobody buys the act. You'll never be accepted as a woman by anyone, never by anyone. Even the people who pretend to accept you as a woman are only pretending because they're afraid of being lectured if they don't or because they want to use you as a platform to virtue signal. But everyone who looks at you will see something pitiable and bizarre, something utterly unfeminine in every way. You will never be able to actually have the identity that you're trying to appropriate, nor will you ever be able to fully escape the identity that you're fleeing. The best you can hope for is some kind of limbo, the worst of all worlds. And yet, even in that limbo state, you will still be a man. Just not one that any of us can respect or take seriously. Ooh, mic drop. All right, so let's, let's give the facts of the video. Uh, Matt Walsh is talking specifically about Dylan Mulvaney. Uh, this is a man who believes uh, or likes to pretend that he believes he is a woman. Uh, he has a, uh, I guess, a prominent TikTok channel where he has been documenting his quote unquote transition. This man has been invited to the White House. He has uh, been given speaking engagements and, and the like. Um, and uh, he is a very prominent figure in the trans um movement and matt takes him to task here yeah jeff right so mean yeah so, so mean. yeah it seems there have been a couple of different react i mean obviously anybody on the left that watches this will melt um but there's been i don't want to say a lot because i haven't seen a lot of it but there has been some sure. um from the supposed right uh, commentary on this saying that it's too mean it is too um it, it, you know it, it's not helpful to to the fight um and and i disagree i disagree uh sure it's mean i don't think it's too mean um and i i disagree that it's not helpful i think this is one of the most helpful things you can do period these things deserve to be mocked they deserve to be castrated figuratively in public <laughs> they, they deserve this scorn because they are totally deserving of nothing but scorn this is someone who is publicly calling for the mutilation of your children the conversion of your children they deserve no mercy they deserve no consideration for their feelings you you go for the jugular with these people and you do not let up and if you are on the right and you are saying that this is too mean, then you are a useless individual. And I don't want to be in this fight with you. 
All right. Um, I, I appreciate everything you said. I disagree with one thing. It wasn't mean. There was nothing about what he said that was mean. It was 100% accurate. And if you have a problem with truth, then you need to go somewhere else. There's nothing in there that was uncalled for. There was nothing in there that was uh, questionable. Everything in there was 100% accurate and needed to be said to this person. You don't get to put yourself out in public and document your new life as a woman, Dylan Mulvaney. You'll never be a woman. You're not a woman. You will never be a woman. At best, you will be a flaccid man. At best. Um, but it has to be said, you put yourself out there. You are publicly documenting your transition. You don't get to cry when people make comments and mean things about you. You put yourself out there. If you can't take it, get out. I mean, these are some these are things that everybody has to consider. When you and I decided to start this podcast, we don't care if we have one viewer. We don't care if we have a million viewers. We knew we were putting ourselves out there and that ridicule comes with it. That's part of the game. You know, if you don't like it, go somewhere else. You don't get to be a public figure and then cry about people who disagree with you. It doesn't work that way. So, I mean, good old Matt Walsh, nothing he said was mean. Everything he Absolutely. said was accurate, and you have a, if you have a problem with truth, then you are a part of the wrong affiliation. Conservatives are supposed to be people who embrace truth, and uh, truth is what should bind us together and carry us forward. So, um, good old Matt, uh, I, I'm sickened by Dylan Mulvaney. Just, just yeah. sickened by him. Um, that his charade, his caricature of a woman is nothing other than grotesque. And uh, he needs to go somewhere. He needs to he needs to leave. He needs to stop influencing our young people. And um, he needs to uh, know he needs to man up is what he needs to do. He needs to stop trying to be a woman. He needs to man up. I mean, and that can be said of anybody in the movement. Um, yeah, this this is just it, it, it's gone far enough. And, and you've got to be a, you got to kill it. All right. Yeah. So um, some backstory for this next one. Uh, I don't know if anybody has heard of Hogwarts Legacy before, but it is the new Harry Potter game. Um, I am pretty in tune with video game culture. Uh, it's, it's one of my areas. And that wow. This So even further backstory is you must understand what is going on with Harry Potter now. Um, you know, we recently just wrapped up some of the movie, a new franchise of the movies, um, but more importantly than that, <clears throat> J.K. Rowling, the writer of the Harry Potter series, uh, is a devout uh, fourth wave, third wave feminist, one of those, and to the point where she is now called what is uh, known as a TERF, um, what is a transphobic... Trans-exclusionary radical feminist. There you go. Um, so J.K. Rowling is about as left-leaning as you can get, except she does not believe that men should be allowed to use the restroom with women. Um, yeah. I mean, she, she's and, a feminist. And, I mean, she's she a feminist has, in the true sense of the word before the trans agenda took over feminism. Right. And she has stuck to this gun, uh, mm -hmm. you know, at... at I mean, at severe cost to herself. I mean, she's very rich. Yes. She can weather the storm, but she has left a lot of money on the table, and this has damaged her brand 
beyond all imagination. You do not understand. So first of all, you are dealing with Harry Potter fans. Harry Potter fans are some of the most immature people you will ever meet on this planet. The only oh, they're the most delusional, of- immature people. They, they're delusional. They live in a world that does not exist. Like, they, sure, I've been to Harry Potter world. It was fun. It was a nice visit. But I understand that it's fiction. People live in that world. But people develop their their personalities around this franchise. People in my generation. Oh, I'm in this house. I'm in that yes. house. Yes. And and I, I'm a big fantasy buff, and I, I live with my head in the clouds pretty regularly. Um, but Harry Potter has never been my big thing. Um, it, but those who love it, love it, love it. <laughs> and the only thing more immature and delusional than a Harry Potter fan is a tranny and um and they're sick of put those together Woo! <laughs> and there's a lot of crossover there so they cannot cope with the fact that their favorite author um of their most treasured fiction is uh exclusionary of them and their new worldview um and you it's not just the transgendered fans of Harry Potter. It is all of them because transgenderism is the new thing. And my generation will cling on to the new thing period um, at the, yeah. at the detriment of all of the old things. Um, so I want to, I, I want to briefly talk about how radical of a lefty she is to a point where she retconned all of our favorite characters to be something they weren't. So when we say she retconned things, what, what we're saying is, um, her character started off one way and because she is such a lefty, she would go back and change them. Dumbledore was never gay in the books. There was no inclination whatsoever of his sexuality. And after she had written those books to prove her bona fides to the left, she went and made him gay. And then they went and added that into the fantastic beast series. So that's how radical of a, uh, of a lefty. For a brief time, she tried to argue that Hermione was always intended to be black. This is an insane argument because Hermione is described in the earliest books as pasty. You don't describe yeah. black people as pasty, but no. So that's just that, how is, that is how is. liberal she is. Um, yeah. And uh, so the people that are now, I guess, no longer Harry Potter fan, they can't separate the two. They can't still like Harry Potter and hate J.K. Rowling. Um, everything must be in line with their worldview in perfection. It cannot deviate one iota. Um, so that because, and if you know anything about transgender supporters, you know that they are the most rabid group on the internet. There is, mm-hmm. it, it's not even close. If you speak out against them, it is a horde and it is vicious and it is awful. And we talked last week about Twitch. Twitch is one of the most vitriolic places on the internet uh, because you're dealing with video game fans by and large. Uh, The website is intended for you to go and play games for the entertainment of other people. And those other people are very rarely good people. Um, So what you have now is people trying to play Hogwarts Legacy on Twitch and being lambasted at, at... people are coming after them in the chat and everything to the point where it's harassment and you can't play the game. It's almost unbearable to play the game. So this is a clip from my stream uh, from one of the uh, YouTube uh, YouTube channel that I follow called girlfriend reviews. Uh, Let's see. 
up and now it's like whatever i'm almost like thinking of just like either going offline or like we're i'm barely into the second combat here and every time i look at chat it's just the conversation is just like bothering me you can take a break if you want i'll just stop talking and i'll just go fight and do the combat Y'all done did it now. All right. So that was a very brief, um, very, very brief clip. There was no faces or anything. It was just the menu. But that is uh, Matt and Shelby of Girlfriend Views. The premise of this channel is that Matt plays video games. His girlfriend watches and they do reviews based on the game from a a second viewer's perspective. Uh, it's oh, very good true. YouTube. That's it's right. a very good YouTube yeah. channel. I, I they, But just like anybody you find on YouTube and Twitch who live in California, they're very liberal. They're very lefty, sure. but th they're not overly political in their comment uh, commentary. I love their channel. Um, they could not review this game objectively. They want they got a free copy of this game. No money went to J.K. Rowling. Um, they could not objectively review this game for the vitriol that they got from viewers, and that what you just heard was Matt getting frustrated. And Shelby in the background tearing up and having to leave because of how awful this was. And I put out a, a series of a couple of tweets about this uh, yesterday, yesterday, basically saying that I like their channel, but it is hard to feel bad. I don't like that people made a girl cry, but no, that's not. this is the world that you live in. This, this is, is what the world you created. This is what your quote unquote allyship gets you. Someone, okay. someone responded to my tweet saying, well, allyship isn't just, you know, being an ally when it's convenient. And I said this, they raised money for the Trevor project on this stream because they wanted to basically apologize for playing the, the Harry Potter game. And the Trevor project is the de facto gay charity. Yeah. No, and the trans charity. Or is it the game? It, anyway, keep it's going. A, it's an yeah, But uh, they raised money for the Trevor Project on this stream. It is, and they still like these people are waiting in the wings to rip you to shreds at the first sign of sin, and that's what they see it as. They see it as sin. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know anything about the game. I know the. Uh, that the trans community felt like they had been transgressed, even though nothing really happened in the game that would be considered transgressive. Um, and so they're just coming after them. I, I know people that played the game. Um, the game hadn't been out very long, and I had Facebook friends saying that they had completed the game. My life is too busy. I don't have time for video games. I used to play video games. I like video games, but I don't, I don't have time for them anymore. Um, but I, I saw a lot of people talk about how the game was rather good, and they had a lot of fun playing it. Um, I was... I. I wanted to say I was amazed whenever I found out that people couldn't stream this because of the hordes that were coming after them. And I, then I went, no, it's about right. You think about the type of person that's on uh, on Twitch, uh, somebody who can has time to sit around and, and watch somebody else play video games. That very much lines up with somebody who's on the left. Um, that very much lines up with the type of person that would be in the LGBTQ nonsense. So I just a little bit of critical thinking. I went, yeah, makes sense. You made your bed, lie in it. The, the video game still going to make money. Right. And so. like, I, 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 like I said, I like their channel, but that what, what does being a quote unquote ally get you? What does it do for you? Absolutely nothing. Um, 
we have one more clip. Do you want to play it? Or? We we got time. I mean, yeah, we're we're a little over time, but it ain't no big deal. Go right. for it. So uh, another big clip that came about this past week that got a lot of commentary was this number from. Did I lose it? Nope, I didn't. Here it is. Uh, from a, a quote unquote comedian. I don't think she's funny, but. This is a day in the life of a childless woman. I wake up at 6 a.m. I remember that I have no kids to take to school, so I take an edible, masturbate, and go back to sleep. I wake up at 12.30 p.m. and get ready for a busy day of doing whatever the f*** I feel like. I put on my most impractical and stylish shoes since I won't be chasing a child around the grocery store. I go to my fave spot in Paris to grab a croissant. I do a meditation sesh on the plane since I have no screaming kids, allowing me all the time in the world to become enlightened. The weightlessness of my existence has granted me superhuman powers. I teleport myself back home. Then I get ready for a night out with whatever hot guy I met on Raya that morning. I call up a babysitter and tell her that I don't need her since I still don't have kids. Now it's time for a workout, so I hit Mount Everest for a quick climb. I invent a time machine, go back in time, and kill Hitler. Freeze, you bastard! It's amazing what you can do when you have this much free time. And that's a day in the life of a childless woman. So, um, I, I did not actually watch the video before I <laughs> played it here. Uh, gosh, how sad. That's a so, existence if I've ever heard I, Really? Like, what a desperate so, cry to, for help. Yeah, I, and well, one, she's supposed to be funny. Um, I, I, I don't know, mate. Maybe I don't know comedy. Although I did watch a few comedy specials over the weekend and laughed my tail off. Like they were great. Um, there was nothing funny in there. And uh, the 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 day in the life of a childless woman, what it really is, is I stand in front of a camera and I try to find meaning because my life choices have left me bereft of any responsibility or meaning. I have and- no higher calling whatsoever. And um, I have nothing to show show for my life, you know, yeah. and she made a, a response video to this is, oh, as I scroll through these uh, places that I've been, you know, I've climbed a mountain, I've done all this. I'm like, um, and yet you're still unhappy. Yet you still, the, there was a part of that video that was believable. It was the first couple things she said, which I'm not going to repeat, but it was, it was the first couple things she said. Um, that's the only part of that video that was believable. The rest of your day was spent in front of a camera trying to be funny and trying to find meaning to your life because your life has no meaning. Right. And let's, uh, Matt Walsh made this point. It was a very good one. Uh, let's be clear. Chelsea Handler is not childless. She has had and murdered three children. Mm -hmm. Um, she was one of those crazy people that would wear a shirt like that. I've had an abortion or whatever, like, So no, no, you, you, you aren't a childless person. You're, you're, you're a murderer. Um, you're, you're somebody who has made sure that your life means nothing because, because that's, that's where she, what, what attaches her to reality? Okay. You have a big house. You have a successful career. You have a fancy car. You have a lot of zeros in your bank account and you have no one to leave it to your, your life for, for all intents and purposes is meaningless right you have no you you have no 
husband. You have no child. You have no one to pass anything. Why, why do all these things? Oh, right. because it makes me happy. Yeah, you look real happy in that video. You look like a miserable 50-year-old woman is what you And this like. that's a mentality that needs to die. The most important thing in this world is not your own happiness. No. Not even close. No, um, no. And, and like I... I, I I, like you said, that, that's a that's a sad clip. And so, um, life bereft of responsibility is a life bereft of meaning. Responsibility is good. Sacrifice is good. Suffering is good. Waking up early to care for my child is a good thing. You know, working hard to make sure that that he has everything he needs is a good thing. Um, and and unfortunately, this mindset is is very predominant in our society. That's why the, right. the childless rates rates are so high now. And that is bad. Just for all intents and purposes, it's bad. That's why Asia is starting to crumble. That is why their entire social structure is about to implode within itself because they haven't had children and they have been bereft of responsibility. Responsibility is good. And so, you know, um, uh, I'm glad that we're Christians. I'm glad we see the value of life. I'm glad that we see the value uh, in, in first having a spouse, having having a husband or wife in our situations, obviously wives that get you to heaven and then raising children to to also get to the same right. place, to to promulgate uh, to a higher good, to a higher calling, to to have a sense of, of uh, purpose in one's life, to be able to drive and strive for something greater than yourself. These are things that create happiness going out and clubbing until 4 a.m. and then not having to wake up till 10, that, that doesn't create happiness. Right. And I mean, there, there, anybody who is a Christian that needs to hear this from our generation, voluntary childlessness is wrong. Yeah. Don't do it. Don't do it. I mean, um, it's it, just I mean, wrong. obviously some people, some people can't have children and you know, I, I, Every time I've talked to some one of those people up to this point in my life of an older generation, you know, why don't you have any kids? Their response is always, well, the Lord did not bless us with children because oh. that's what they saw children as. Yeah, now, you talk maybe about they didn't this. see that when they were in their early yeah. 20s. Maybe they didn't see that in their late teens. But when they got older, they, they saw the right. blessings that everyone else had with their, their children, and right. they didn't get to partake in that. Um, and again, about... we don't have children to bring us happiness. We, we, right. we have children, and a result of that is happiness because we sacrifice, because we have responsibility, because of all those things. You see, you see people talk about all these things they get to do if they don't have a child and da 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 And... <clears throat> Me and my wife have struggled with infertility. We are now expecting, so that's an incredible blessing. Um, but uh, that was sort of like, that was something me and my wife talked about. And I was always very adamant that we look at that as like, we can say things like that, you know, okay, without a child, we get to have all this time together and we get to do all these other things that we might not mm -hmm. be able to do otherwise. But that is a consolation prize. Like, that's not the goal. Um, mm -hmm. And th that's a problem with the affluence of our society. You know, you, you, if you live in a poor society, you have children because you need to have children. Um, yeah. And, and you, you know, but uh, because we are able to make so much money and, and, and selfishly use that money, uh, we, we argue with ourselves saying, okay, well, I'm not going to have children because I want to use that money for me. Um you know, we, we are ecstatic that we will now be able to go out and work and, and try to to raise up a child in the way that they should go. Um, that's that 
it far surpasses exceeds any anything that we could enjoy um mm-hmm. just the two of us so and and you know to to other people who struggle the way we struggled like i understand like it's it's really you see something like what chelsea handler is doing and and you understand you know like my wife would look at that video and and she would not be able to give her a get over the fact that that woman passed up the opportunity to be a mother three times over. Yep. Killed her children. She, she's yep. not, she's not childless. She's a mother of three completely out of selfishness. That she murdered. Yeah. Yeah. Completely yep. out of selfishness. And that, I mean, I, there, there's so many problems with, with that video. Um, and, and so there, there is a cheery note here. If you liked what you saw, which I doubt you did. You need to go see a psychiatrist. And if you're anybody else, make sure that's not you. Um, you know, let that be a cautionary tale that you don't want to end up like a 50 year old woman who has to fill her life with all of these meaningless things. You even saw the text message that again, that's something I'm not really going to repeat, but you know, that, that is a meaningless thing. Uh, and every that's not just Jeff and Stephen's word for it. Every scientific study says that women who are in marriages, not in relationships, not in, you know, live in boyfriends, but women who are in marriages have more fulfilling sex lives because that's the way God intended it from the beginning. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, let it be a cautionary tale. Hey, uh, let, let's have some responsibility in our lives. Responsibility brings happiness. Fulfillment brings happiness. And that's what God intended for us in our lives. Get married have children, raise them up in the way that they should go. That That is what we do. We serve a mighty God who has given us uh, a natural function to, to um, have a purpose-driven life, to serve him, and to be happy while doing it. It is a blessing to do those things, and we should be happy to do those things. That's all she broke. That's all I got, man. Yep. So, that, guys, that will be it for us. We hope that we have entertained, informed, and outraged uh, all of you just a little bit. And we will see you next week uh, to go over the craziness that we have coming this week. See ya. Sounds great. Hey, you've just finished listening to an episode of Always Right. If you like what you heard and want to help support the channel, please be sure to like the video and follow us on Facebook or subscribe on YouTube. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify, please consider rating the podcast five stars. And as always, please leave us a comment, whether hateful or glowing, as we appreciate the feedback. Tune in next week for another episode of Always Right with Jeff and Stephen.